As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, now, now. And what's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Obscurity Now, the show where we take a look at weird and almost forgotten pieces of media, and then we decide if they should be remembered for all of human history and or tossed into the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again. Uh, my name is Steve, and uh, with me is, uh, he used to be called Yehel Puerto Rico Jr. It's... Uh, it's your health, Steve. Uh, how are you doing? Doing great, man. Happy to be here talking with you about uh, this show, which uh, a lot of people uh, remember, apparently, according to Twitter. <laughs> oh, well, that, that's good. That's good. I uh, was a little uh, surprised to hear that, but that's good. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I guess it defeats the purpose of having it on a show about obscure. Well, hey, I mean, as we've said before, it's all, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of... <laughs> young people you know people who were actually born when this show was coming out and they have no idea that it exists so they hop on this hot new uh format called a podcast and then they find out about cool stuff like surf nazis must die tiger sharks and now briscoe county jr the, isn't it? And the official title is "The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr." Right. But we're cool, we're hip. <laughs> I like. Uh, so we just call it. The I, I just call it <laughs> TBCJ or something like that. I, I didn't yeah. bother to figure out the acronym ahead of time. Oh really? <laughs> Wait, let me see if I got it. <laughs> T. Oh, I missed the A. That's the problem. So it's T A B C J. T A B C J, baby. T A B C J. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> isn't it isn't it so much better than the adventures of briscoe county jr yeah, if, if they had named it tabcj they wouldn't have canceled it after one season. oh whoa whoa spoiler alert bro um but uh wow since we're already uh talking about it uh why don't we just uh, dive right in what do you think let, let, let's do it steve that sounds hearing that coming from your voice <laughs> sounds so sweet coming from the lips of an angel <laughs> what uh, hearing those words, Steve, just makes me weak. Wow, wow. He's actually sober today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, I'm actually quoting lyrics from Lips of an Angel by Hindu. Uh, <laughs> do you remember that song? Lips of an Angel. No. Uh, I think I... It sounds so sweet. I think I blacked it out. Like, is that, uh, is that grunge or post-grunge? It's like, just like shitty, ah, like, shit. post-grunge. Oh, yeah, post yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, uh... It's like the guy is like singing about like uh, talking to some girl on the phone while his actual girlfriend or wife is in the next room and he wishes he was instead with the girl that he's talking on the phone with. Why are we talking about you this? You brought it up, man. I can't, believe, <laughs> I can't believe you have let this show get derailed. Oh, oh I'm the one to blame. All right. Well, just for that, you get a feature presentation bumper, mister. Welcome to your feature All right. As we uh, previously said, we are speaking about the one and only uh, The Adventures of Briscoe County uh, Jr. Uh, Yehel, 
what is your history yes. with, uh, well, first, what's your history with Bruce Campbell in general? And then what's your history with the show, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr.? Well, I thought Bruce was great in bed. <laughs> oh, but, uh, it, oh, but my, my, my professional history? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. my, Come on, you uh, keep it clean, uh, mister. Oh, I'm, I'm, this is a Christian show. Oh, okay. Well, I wish he had kept it clean, if you know what I'm I don't. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying either. <laughs> like, God. <laughs> to be honest. Uh. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Bruce Campbell, um, you know, Army of Darkness. Uh, I can't think of anything else right now, but, like, but, but if he's in it, like, I'm more than willing to give it a sure. chance and give it a watch. Do uh, you remember your uh, first time being introduced to Bruce Campbell, <laughs> the actor, obviously watching him on a show? Like, which, what was oh, it? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Um, I want to say it was uh, Army of Darkness. Oh, wow. It might have been The Evil mm-hmm. Dead. It was definitely one of those two. Okay. But yeah, that, that's where I like first uh, remember seeing him in something. What, what, what about you? Uh, this was my uh, first time. I had never even heard of the guy. What? Yeah. yeah this. I mean... Briscoe County yeah, yeah. was your first I time? I never... Uh, like, I don't know. I, I don't think I sort of went through my horror phase until like... Probably after this. Um, I mean, of course, I watched all this. Yeah, I'm just surprised. I, I feel like he, I just feel like he was like in a lot of stuff. Uh, I mean, not a main, not a lot of mainstream stuff. Of course, like like up until this, it was mostly you know you've got your Evil Dead movies and of course Army of Darkness, and then uh, you've got your uh, extreme like super like C and B movies like that are less memorable right. than Evil Dead and all that other stuff. Um, stuff like, let me see if I can remember some off the top of my head. Well, when we get to the IMDb section, I'm sure they'll pop into our head there. Yeah, 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 but yeah. I can drop a couple nuggets. A couple yeah, nuggets. for sure. Uh, but no, this was the first time and, uh, like I thought he was great. And then uh, I remember, um, uh, my friends and I were watching, um, uh, Hercules, the legendary journey with, uh, of mm-hmm. course, um, evangelist, uh, Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> uh, uh, with, with Soldier of God, yes, Kevin but, Sorbo is actually how I Of course, uh, before that, he was just regular, you know, awesome Kevin Sorbo. Um, but uh, yeah. and there was a uh, you know, that was when uh, Atoculus, the King of Thieves, was on there, and I was like, "Hey, look, it's Briscoe County Jr." And my friend and his brother were like, <laughs> "What are you talking about, man? That's Ash." And I was like, "Who?" And then that sort of started my uh, journey down like the the Evil Dead dark road. Um, Mm. And I pretty much have seen everything else that he was in. I've met him a few times at cons. I read his book. I was a Bruce Campbell fanboy. There you are. And still am. I'll admit it. I still am. Um, And uh, it's hilarious. Well, there's a lot more of him to, uh, to love these days. I feel like there's less. Like, I mean... No, he's gaining. <laughs> oh, that's what you're saying. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like he's just less in the public eye. He just sort of like, uh, like the last thing I remember watching him in was he hosted Ripley's Believe It or Not. And believe it or not, that show sucked. Well, I mean, it just wasn't for me. But I'm sure it was a cake gig for him. He just had to show up and talk to the camera. I'm- I mean, I, you know, I looked at his bio earlier. He's been working pretty steadily still. Like, I mean, he's got some stuff coming mm-hmm. out. Uh, and post that's in post, and yeah, I mean, he's got hasn't stopped. Yeah, well, I I know they're uh, you know producing more Evil Dead content, and uh, he was in, of course, Ash versus Evil Dead, the Stars show, which was uh, pretty good. Uh, I don't know if you ever. Yeah, there's there's gonna be a video game, an Evil Dead video game. Right. Uh, 
He's you doing can't Ash do, in it. You can't do the video game without him, but apparently you can yeah. move forward with remakes without him because there's a Evil Dead Rise is coming out soon. But uh, anyway, I think that uh, pretty much covers Mr. Campbell for now. Uh, did you watch Bristol County Jr. when it premiered all the way back in uh, 1993, August 27th. I always say the year first. <laughs> I, I, re- I remember the show like vividly, like the commercials mm-hmm. for it. However, I, I know I didn't watch it regularly, but I'm pretty sure I watched one episode all the way through at least because I think there's an episode that John DeLancey is in mm-hmm. it. Uh, John DeLance, who plays Q in Star Trek The Next Generation, mm-hmm. the greatest show on Earth. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I believe I might have watched it then. Or, but I also may be confusing it with, did UPN have like a yeah, legend show? Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. he was on, yeah, Q exactly. was on that, yeah. Oh he, oh, he was like a regular. Yes, he was. Like, he was. With, okay, with Stargate, with right? Star- with uh, Richard Dean <laughs> With Stargate, yes. Star Trek was a regular with Stargate on Legend on UPN. In that case, Stephen, uh, it's very unlikely I watched any of... Uh, so Star you're Trek. the reason it got canceled. Wow. This is... Uh, yeah. I, I just kept saying, I'm going to wait till season two to get into <laughs> what it. What a revelation. I, I don't think we can continue forward as podcast co-hosts, uh, but... Uh, you didn't even know who Bruce Campbell was until this show. So hey, that just yeah, shows so about. the power of this show. Or maybe it doesn't. Ooh, stick around and find out. Uh, but no, I remember specifically watching this pilot and uh, enjoying it quite a bit. And uh, But uh, anyway, uh, let's get into uh, the synopsis here for those who are unfamiliar with Briscoe County Jr. Uh, so... Uh, Briscoe County Jr. is hired by the attorney of a group of robber barons to track down and apprehend the infamous John Bly and his gang, a job that was previously entrusted to his late father, Briscoe County Sr. And uh, this episode, the pilot, that is, uh, which is actually like a full, almost like a full-length movie. It clocks in at about an hour and a half. Yeah, I did not realize it was uh, two episodes, like like a you know like a feature length thing, and, and it's shot like a movie. Like it feels like a like a you know decently budgeted. Movie. Oh yeah, I agree completely. Uh, the only thing, I mean, and this is of course is nitpicking. I mean, I wish it was would have been shot in like uh, full screen, you know, or wi- widescreen. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, like, but whatever. This is a TV pilot. That's all we can do. Anyway, this is directed by one uh, former p- porn director, Brian Spicer. Uh, I, I mean, wow. with a name like that, he pretty much had not. Nah. Uh, yeah. But according to the IMDb, he did not work in porn. He's still working today. Uh, he, Aside from this, he did the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Uh, a couple episodes of Sequest 2032. Please check out our previous mm-hmm. Sequest review of that pilot. Isn't that... And isn't that just like what they had like called the second yep. season of? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, in the chat here, uh, we do have uh, Stadium Arts joining us again, aka Stry. Thank you. Uh, he said that this is to westerns what Evil Dead. Oh, he was asking, is it to western what Evil Dead is to? I would western? say. Uh, I mean, it, there's a lot of uh, genre bending here, uh, which we're. Yeah. Gonna talk about for sure. Um, oh, and just to finish up, uh, Mr. Spicer's uh, filmography here. He also directed. Do you remember Parker Lewis can't lose? 
Yeah, we might have to do that someday. And rounding it off with Salute Your Shorts, um, the Nickelodeon Mm. show. Uh, And this was uh, written by three dudes. Uh, Starting off, we've got uh, David Simpkins, who is also still working. He, uh, I guess, uh, wrote a few episodes of the Netflix show Woo Assassins, which... I've actually watched a few of those. The fight scenes are good, but there's magic. And I th- <laughs> but anyway, uh, he also did uh, Blade the series, uh, Lois and Clark, the New Adventures of Superman, Yell's oh, favorite. Uh, um, at- another another uh, show that's helmed by someone that we've covered, Dean mm-hmm. Kane. Uh, another guy that went from a uh, fun, awesome action hero. To serving as the vengeance of God now. <laughs> Man, uh, <laughs> somebody has got to direct a buddy comedy with Sorbo and uh, Kane. Um, but uh, you, you and I, will yeah. uh, we'll spitball that after we're done here. We'll, 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 yeah, yeah, we'll workshop uh, Writer number two is Jeffrey Bohm. And uh, now, Yehel, while you were watching this pilot, did you think to yourself, wow, this really feels like Indiana Jones and or The Phantom with Billy Zane? Were you thinking that at one point? Yeah, you can definitely, right off the bat, get the Indiana Jones uh, inspiration vibes right and off the bat. And that is because Jeffrey Bohm wrote Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, uh, along with uh, The Lost Boys, uh, Tales from the Crypt, a few episodes there, Lethal Weapon 1 and 2, and then the last movie he wrote was The Phantom, starring Billy Zane. <laughs> Damn, this guy was writing nothing but bangers, as the kids would right. say. Like, those are all great Until, movies. I mean, I enjoyed The Phantom when I watched it as a, I don't know, 16-year-old. But sadly, yeah, that was the last uh, film he wrote. And then there's, like, some weird short film. And then, unfortunately, he passed away. So, uh... The Phantom will be his legacy. What did he do? Like, like watch all his movies back to back, and his heart couldn't handle like how talented he is. I, that you know what? That's exactly what it said on the IMDb. Uh, okay, rounding off mm. this uh, three-headed hydra of a writing team is uh, Carlton Cuse, who uh, is also still currently working. Uh, they call him currently Carlton Cuse in the business. Uh, he's on. Uh, this is interesting. He's on pre-pro for a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy project, um, which um, I don't know. I'm a big fan of that book, um, and he yep, also wrote a few episodes of Nash Bridges and uh, Martial Law. And I guess his one of his later ones is that Jack Ryan show on uh, Prime, Amazon Prime, which is okay. I don't know. It's not a not my favorite but uh and lastly this was uh produced by bone cuse productions and warner brothers television and distributed by fox uh so why don't you hip us to this pretty awesome cast if i dare say so myself um yeah absolutely well first and foremost of course bruce campbell mm-hmm. he's the lead aka briscoe county jr um, he, uh, we've already kind of talked about, you know, Army of Darkness, Evil Dead. Then there was the show, Ashbury vs. Evil Dead, that came out in 2015. Uh, he was in Bubba Hotep. Oh, there you go. Uh, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Wasn't he in, um, on that USA show, uh, the Burn? Burn Notice. Series oh, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Burn yeah. Notice, thank you. Uh, so he, he was great in that. And that, that's actually a pretty good oh, show. great show. Uh, for those who haven't checked that out, surprisingly mm-hmm. good. Um, he was also more recently... In a TV series called Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure, <laughs> um, it ran from 2018 to 2020. I, it sounds like a kids show, yeah. right? And then the next thing he did was another, I'm assuming, kids series called The Last Kids on Earth. Uh, he was a chef. Wow. Uh, 
it's a chef voice. I guess it was animated. He did that from 2020 to 2021, and then he's been doing some guest spots here and there the last couple of years, and he has a few movies, looks like, in production, in post-production. So, yeah, more Bruce Campbell for Steve to uh, <laughs> pleasure. I, for his hey, you're pleasure. the one who said you slept with him. <laughs> I didn't finish what I was I could have said <laughs> at the end of that sentence. We don't know. In fact, let's just end. get that internet rumor going. Uh, the co-host of uh, Obscurity Now and the uh, creative res- wrestling with gaming, Yael Velasquez, has romantic relations with one Bruce Campbell. There, there. Well, I don't know if you'd call him romantic. <laughs> so you're, are you telling me he wasn't a gentle lover? <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that I'd have to go back and look at what I can discuss as per the agreement. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Continue onward, please, sir. <laughs> and we also have in the chat here two real geeks. Just want to say hey real quick to them. Thank you for joining. All right. Going down the other uh, cast members. This is a pretty big cast. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to mention everybody. Uh, Julius Carey plays Lord Bowler, who's like just like kind of kind of becomes a frenemy, I guess you could say by the sure. end of it, uh, of, of Briscoe County Jr. He's great. Just really ownery and really. You know who I thought he would be what X-Men he would be perfect to play as like back in the 90s. Bishop. You got it. You got it. Yeah, he's got the mm-hmm. hair uh, for it. Yeah. Um, we have Dan Gerritry as John Collier. Christian Clemenson as Socrates Poole, who uh, I love that mm-hmm. name, like Socrates Poole. Um, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He has like 96 acting credits to his name, but nothing that really stuck out to me, like that people might know right. from other than maybe CSI Miami, because oh. he was on that for like three years mm-hmm. um, as Dr. Tom Lor- Loman. <laughs> but um, I mean, he was, he was on Boston Legal also. Wow. With William Shatt. Star Trek, the next Star Trek. <laughs> nice. um, Billy Drago plays John Bly. So good. Um, so good. We just, yeah. Yeah, Billy Drago. just don't get enough of him. That's all I have to say. Yeah, he's been in tons of stuff. I think he died uh, a he couple did. years ago, though. He's but. basically, he was the go-to uh, bad guy for so many yeah. movies and uh, TV shows from like the late 80s all the way through the 90s. Yeah, yeah, he just has that that mm-hmm. look to him, that face. A lot of sh- lot of sharp angles. <laughs> <Okay>. John, <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> John Aston plays uh, Professor Albert Wickwire. Another great mm-hmm. name. Uh, he's got 157 acting credits, and he's still, despite uh, this guy's up there. He was born in 1930. Uh, he's got something in post production right wow. now. Wow. <laughs> Starship Two, Rendezvous, and Ramses. But yeah, he was. Um, done like still working in 2018 he did some voice work for the Justice yeah i'd League say he's show. most known for uh being the original gomez from uh oh, adam's yeah, family yeah. yeah yep good point um but yeah and he's really funny uh i thought like oh yeah he did he's great. great um besides now john piper ferguson is peter hutter mm-hmm. um isn't there like a gag with one of the characters now now maybe i have scenes because i'm remembering that it was like a character that like always died. Oh yeah, that's um. They always brought him back like by the end of the episode. Or yeah, something, and, like had some outlandish reason why he survived. Yeah, that's or... Pete. Um, let's see who plays him on the because he definitely it's it, should. It's this guy that I'm just talking about, John Piper Ferguson. He, he plays. Oh, Peter there Hunter. you go, Peter. The Peter threw me off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Excuse He's me. Just Pete to me. You were on he's just Pete to me. He's just Pete. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, he's um, great. Yeah, I I vaguely remember something like. 
I wasn't watching episode because I remember something like he got gotten shot in the stomach because I, I don't think that happened this episode. No. Uh, he, he got like shot in the stomach and later on like I think it was Briscoe County he's like oh I thought you were dead and he's like says something like no it was just a gut shot wound now I have I'm alive but not as hungry as I used to be or something right. like that or or less of an appetite <laughs> yeah yeah he's pretty funny anyways uh, I'm not gonna list too many more people uh, and try- oh wait there are some people I did make special okay uh oh I know what I think that means. So yeah, John John Piper Ferguson is one of them. He also played Eli Hollander in TNG great episode Fistful of Data, which coincidentally is a Western episode on the nice. holodeck. And he plays the exact same kind of character in that. <laughs> so awesome. pretty interesting. And I don't think that that's a coincidence. Mm. Uh, John Aston already mentioned he was in the original Star Trek episode The Conscience of the King. Uh, there's somebody on the cast also named Bert Remsen. He's the judge. Mm. Um, he was pretty good. Uh, he was uh, Cubus in the collaborator on Deep Space wow. Nine. Then we've got Bill Boland. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was Lightning Bill in Briscoe County Jr., but we all fell in love with him as the albino <laughs> on the uh, DS9 episode. I think I think the episode's called. The I thought albino. it was yeah something about I albinos. I think is what it's called. It's actually like an, about an albino Klingon that like. They have to the access to go. Yeah, yeah it's clean. It's <laughs> but yeah, these are all of the people that are Star Trek folks and all the people. Uh, and the only other person I wanted to discuss was Kelly Rutherford. She plays Dixie mm-hmm. Cousins and Amanda Tremco, Amanda Wickwire, the daughter of uh, John Aston, who, again, we all know from Star Trek. All right. Are you, are you ready for it? Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Hit, hit me. Hit me, Steve. It's been a minute. Uh, there it is. Ah, oh, no. We've just entered another... Star Trek Connection! Ah! <laughs> I missed it, you know? I missed it. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 been a, it's been a bit since we've been able to, to use it. I was happy to see that there were four, uh, four, four, four real stars <laughs> yeah. uh, in Briscoe Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of talent in here. Um, did you happen to go, like, if you go all the way down to the cast, uh, you will see the name of one, uh, Terry Funk. Did you see that? No, I didn't. But I know that he did stunt work and stuff. Uh, uh, it says he's a character, this, like some. Uh, yeah, it just as defender. Like, yeah, I tried clicking on it. It didn't really show me a picture or anything. But I don't know. I just thought so that, that was interesting. That, it must be during the courtroom scene. I bet mean, he's just one of the the people in. Sure, line he just he judge. just needed a paycheck that day to to buy painkillers. Yeah. I just, sorry, I just need a paycheck. <laughs> just for this one day, just to see. Oh, you know. <laughs> oh, Mick, should have seen Bruce Campbell. What a handsome man. You sound like that <laughs> Anyways, for those that pedophile don't know that. from Family Guy. <laughs> oh, I guess I kind of do. Well, that's kind of what Terry it's true. sounds like. He's got it's like true. The, yeah, I'll, I'll work on I'll work okay. on uh, my, my, uh, my All right. So, yeah, as you said, uh, huge cast, but I think you, uh, you hit all the high points um, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, we will go briskly, <laughs> brisco countedly. <laughs> Well, be- before, I, d- I did want to just, again, to set what was going on in pop culture. The number one film in the U.S. was uh, the not-Western movie, The Fugitive. Ah, well, um, that's a good one. In the U.K., the number one film was Jurassic Park mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, this is the week of August 27th, 1993, which is when this aired. And the number one song in, in the U.S., I couldn't find uh, for the U.K., but uh, it was... Oh, wait, I did find it for the UK. It was uh, Can't Help Falling in Love with You by UB40. Oh, all right. And uh, 
in the UK, it was Living on My Own by Freddie Mercury. <laughs> nice. nice. Freddie, Freddie Mercury? All by himself? Huh. I didn't even know he was still alive then. Well, all right. Yeah, I guess. How about, hey, you can't stop him now because <laughs> he's having such a good time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve, I can't help falling in love with you. <laughs> Thanks for making it weird. I could always count on that. All right. <laughs> Oh, well, you said the name of the song, so I said the name of the other song. I thought we were, do we're doing a bit here, baby. <laughs> oh, we're doing a bit, all right. All right, so uh, we're going to, as I said, we're going to go through the movie here. Uh, so let's just kick it off. All right, so we open with uh, the title, um, the, Bris the Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., written in the most boring font possible, superimposed atop an old map of the <laughs> USA from, like, the late 1800s. I don't know why they chose, eh, maybe they just didn't know what kind of logo they were going for at the time, or maybe they were just trying to make it look like it was from a book or something, but I, I don't know. I just, the font really bothered me. How about you? <laughs> yeah, the font sucked. What did you think about the uh, the theme song itself? Oh, I, I loved it. I like the, uh, the music overall. It um, feels, once again, very Indiana Jones-ish. Um, uh, what do you think about it? I like the music throughout the episode. Mm -hmm. um, however, I thought the theme song was a bit underwhelming. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was like real slow. Oh, yeah. And... I, mean, I guess it's slow at the beginning of the pilot. But like, you know, when they play the opener in the regular shows, it's like that more rollicking sort of Indiana Jones style. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I, so I feel like it might turn people off because it's literally the first thing that they open with is just like a slow song, uh, like panning over this map really right. slowly. All right, uh, I could see that. So, yeah. I mean, I can't believe like, yeah. I don't know, 13-year-olds. No, wait, I wasn't even there. Probably younger than that. Somehow I still sat through it. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah. Uh, we then track through a mining camp. Uh, most of the workers are appear, appear to be Chinese as evidenced by their, uh, you know, that... That hat that Raiden wears. I don't know what it's that properly hat. called. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> They don't wear that in the Philippines. Wow. My wife never told me what it's called, and I never bothered to Google it. Do you know what it's called? It's just a Raiden uh, hat. You know, Steve, <laughs> you, you know, Steve I don't know why you... I, I'm Googling because right I am kind of curious. Uh, let's see. It is called a... Oh, Shutterstock. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. These are just Shutterstock images mm -hmm. of it. Uh, so yeah, fishing hat. I think riding hat sounds a little bit cooler. Uh, but uh, anyway, so uh, we go inside one of the mines. Uh, the workers they find this weird-looking thing that we later find out is called the orb. Uh, the best way I could describe it is that it looks like a, a sphere with like large gold bullets poking out of it. Do you think that does it? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I thought it looked a little weird, but I guess it's supposed oh, to. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, even back then, I was like, what the heck is that? And, yeah, I mean, it basically yeah. just gets even weirder as the um, show goes yeah. on. So uh, one of the workers uh, pulls out one of the bullets, which we later find out is called a rod. <laughs> on the other end, mm -hmm. it looks like a lightsaber from Star Wars. Um, he waves it in front of his co-workers, uh, the lightning bolts strike the workers and give them the strength to break their chains, and then they walk out. So that was basically our cold open. What did you think of that cold mm -hmm. open? 
Um, right away I was like, whoa, this looks like a movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like it feels like a movie. It's shot like a movie. It's not shot like your standard 1993 TV where, you know, you have a lot of just like one still camera. There's a lot of like, uh, I don't know if there were crane shots or, but there's a lot of movement with the shots with, with, with like, the yeah, shots. yeah. It definitely feels um, like, uh, I mean, this shot could have been taken right out of, uh, what the, Indiana yeah, Jones? the second one, uh, you know, <laughs> when they're in the, uh, the children are, you know, mining to get the weird stuff. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I like, thought it was an awesome opening and, um, special effects look pretty decent too. the, the lightning. Yeah. They stuff. really hold uh, up. Yeah, and the motion tracking on it's pretty good too. Like, because the camera's panning as like they're like have the lightning like kind of going through their hands and stuff. Yeah, so vi- back then you wouldn't normally see a shot like that. You wouldn't see the camera move because obviously it was more difficult, you know, to track that. Right. Yeah. Very cinematic. Um, so off to a great start. And um, just uh, in case you're unfamiliar with Briscoe County Junior, like every sort of commercial break, of course. Uh, well, I mean, I guess they technically have commercials on Tubi, but. Um, Every commercial break, they have a new name for, like, I guess the next section uh, that's coming up. So uh, we see chapter one, and the name of this chapter is The Blast Supper, which already off to yeah. a great start. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of puns. Uh, like, I know, like, one of them, like, later on when, you know, it looks like there's a train that's going to fall over or something uh, off a cliff. It's called, like, Grave peril oh yeah i wrote like them that, all down know? so yeah we'll uh we'll, oh, okay, we'll get great. to them okay then, then I'll, I'll zip yeah in fact can you just not talk for the rest of the episode <laughs> yeah that's that's fine so as i said earlier in the opening you have the lips of an angel <laughs> and uh hearing the words from you makes me weak and i never want to say goodbye wow man are, are, girl, what's wrong with you you make it hard to be faithful are you down with, with the, the sickness lips. what's going on over here <laughs> Ooh, wah, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> anyway so yeah chapter hey, one the blast back. supper now we are on a train there are a bunch of men with bags over their heads uh, chained up in one of the car by their wrists um in one of the cars this <clears throat> is later revealed to be the john bly gang uh and then um we sort of uh, track up to the back of one of the other cars and sitting back uh all relaxed is marshall briscoe county uh, senior and a reporter is asking him questions on how he caught uh, the amazing John Bly gang. And basically, he doesn't want to answer any of the reporter's questions because he's too cool uh, for that kind of stuff. Um, and Indeed. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we cut to uh, Pete, uh, which um, or Peter Hutter, known to Wanya Hel Velasquez. Uh, he is uh, sort of uh, monologuing to this uh, painter about, like, I don't know, neoclassical art or something like that. Um, the painter is painting something, and you can't really see it. And again, this is, like, great camera work. It pulls back to show that they are uh, painting a horizon on a rock. So I guess ba- basically the idea is the uh, by the time the conductor of the train realizes that the uh, they're about to run into a rock it's too late because right. it's it, it's a it's a literally a looney tune it spot. is oh man yeah yeah it, it it's the painting of a fake hole <laughs> or a fake uh pass like in a rock right, or whatever right. to make somebody crash into it but it's like the inverse of that where they're painting like uh this big scenery. Yep. So that's like uh, genre, like number one that they've uh, that they mm-hmm. filter into this show, um, Looney Tunes. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Daddy Briscoe realizes the reporter is no longer wearing mm-hmm. his tie pin, 
And uh, that is because one of the prisoners swiped it. He then begins uh, picking the lock on his uh, shackles or handcuffs, whatever you want to call them. Uh, the handcuffs uh, fall off and very slowly, in the most theatrically cool way possible, John Bly slash Billy Drago slithers out of his mask. Like, do you know what I'm talking? He's yeah. just got this way of like flailing yeah. his arms like, about and like mm-hmm. it's very mm-hmm. like sort of David Bowie-esque almost. Like I feel like yeah. a younger yeah. Billy Drago could have played like um David Bowie in a uh, in a biopic or something. But they're both dead. So yeah. moving on. So uh the train hits the rock. Um Pete and the rest of the gang um board the train. Uh they throw guns down uh into uh the um, to where Bly and the rest of the gang are. Uh, Daddy Briscoe opens the door in hopes to reapprehend the prisoners, but he is then met with a barrage of bullets to the face. Um, and that was a pretty cool shot. It's like um, when he opens the door, it's just all these guns mm-hmm. like yeah. right in his face. Um, and uh, you don't see him get, you know, turned into Swiss cheese basically. But yeah, I mean, I remember back then I was like, wow, they just killed that guy. I wasn't expecting yeah, that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I kind of thought he was going to save the day. But that's the great thing about this show is that it takes a lot of sort of Western conventions and turns it on its head. Um, yeah. yeah. Any uh, any comments about any of that stuff? No, no. I think you touched on everything like pretty much. Like, it's a, it's a good introduction into... Uh, what later becomes we learn are is Briscoe's motivations yeah. for Briscoe Briscoe Jr.'s motivations for what uh, he goes on Absolutely. to do. Absolutely. Uh, so we are then treated to the classic spinning newspaper, which states that Marshall Briscoe is dead, and that's you know basically just to show. I mean, and I guess it's also sort of hammered in from the reporter that uh, Marshall Briscoe County Sr. is basically like a celebrity. He's this uh, legendary lawman um, that later Briscoe County Jr. is going to have to try to live up to. Uh, We are now in, I guess, a newspaper room with the reporter from uh, the train. He made it out, and now I guess he broke his arms, (laughs) and he's uh, dictating um, like an article to his uh, underlings. He says that the uh, rich guys who own the railroad are hiring a bounty hunter to catch uh, John Bly. And uh, one of the underlings uh, thinks that it'll be Lord Bowler, um, which is a c- cool that they're already mentioning uh, like future characters just to get you familiar with the names and stuff. But he's like, no, no, it's Briscoe County Jr. He then says that Jr. is a refined Harvard man. And uh, he has no idea how they were able to rope him into it. Cut to mm-hmm. Briscoe sitting on a horse, surrounded by shady-looking dudes, who then throw a noose over his head. Um, which is pretty funny. Pretty funny little uh, transition there, I'd say. Nice little pun, if you will. Um, they mm-hmm. ask if he has any last words, and he says, I didn't do it. They then slap the horse on the rear, you know, so it'll run off, thus hanging him. But he doesn't run because it's Comet, the Wonder Horse, and he uh, always does what Briscoe says, sort of. Yeah. Uh, and also, yeah, late, late, there's a one scene later that he kind of does. Right, it, right. He just does what he much. wants because Comet, uh, he's like the pimp of horses, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah. A woman comes out and says she found the Ace of Spades. It was hidden in one of the shady dude's pockets. 
So thus sort of exonerating uh, Briscoe. I guess he was accused of being uh, cheated. The best part is that they don't really spell out exactly what's going on, but you can figure it out just by all the stuff that's just happening within the scene. Uh, they open fire on each other. One of them accidentally severs the rope around Briscoe's neck, and he rides away. Um, uh, any comments on that scene you help? No, no, it's a it's a fun scene. Uh, it does a good job of kind of establishing like the kind of uh, character Briscoe is and Comet, who becomes like pretty important. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, kind of establishes their rapport. I yep, guess you could great, say. Uh, great uh, characterization. Yeah, you already sort of figure out like almost immediately like the kind of guy that Briscoe is, uh, and it yeah. really is like the role. I mean, I almost wonder if you know, the guys who wrote this already had like Bruce Campbell in mind. Cause it's like the perfect role for him to play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I read that during his, um, by the way, we also have here in the chat some, I think there's a new viewer pig Dan 20. Thanks for up? joining. Um, but yeah, I, if I remember, I, I read that like during his audition, Bruce Campbell did a backflip. Uh, <laughs> cause yeah, he, I, he said that like, you know, he knew it was gonna be like a physical role mm-hmm. and, uh, the show itself would have a lot of physicality and action, so he wanted to show them that like he was willing to like jump, really jump into the character. Uh, <laughs> Pun intended. Well, I mean, you yeah. know, Sam Raimi tortured him pretty hard on those Evil Dead movies and Army of Darkness, so yeah. I'm sure he could take it at the time. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, where are we here? I have to wait. Uh... Oh, I apologize. Pig Dan said that he's listened to some episodes, he or she. So my bad. Sweet, welcome aboard, Pig Dan, and uh, yes. You're right. Two real geeks. Bruce is God. Um, so, are you? He, he wrote. He wrote good, Steve. You're projecting. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I think I am. I think I am. Uh, all right. So, uh, cut to uh, the Westfield Club, which is where all the um, robber barons sort of hang out, and uh, Socrates Poole, who also ends up being a regular character, is there, uh, and they are asking him how much longer they have to wait for Briscoe County Jr. to show up. He then shows up and like in the middle of sort of being interviewed, <laughs> Comet also tries to walk into the room and Briscoe says yeah. he doesn't know he's a horse, uh, which is pretty funny. Uh, Briscoe meets the bosses. Um, they sort of introduce them uh, one by one and uh, they ask him about being a lawyer. He says he's not a lawyer anymore. Uh, Briscoe then calls them a robber barons, which is like a, a big slang back then. Um, and uh, But he tells them in sort of a monologue kind of fashion that he's the man for the job. And um, cut to uh, Socrates tells him he's just there to give him a paycheck. Uh, he also then gives um, Briscoe his father's hat and gun. Uh, Briscoe finds a note that tells him uh, to Briscoe then finds a note. It's like on the floor uh, to go to a restaurant. So they do. Um, and did I miss anything in that one? Okay. No, no, you covered everything. Uh, I would just say like, yeah, it's established pretty early on that Socrates isn't a fan of Briscoe County Jr. And, uh, you know, he is Socrates is probably maybe the most, at least initially, maybe the most kind of generic kind of character. He's your atypical um guy that's super well educated so he like looks down on everybody he's kind of like you know yeah Uh, but as we 
see more of him throughout the episode. Like they actually do a really good job of fleshing it out, and he isn't just some generic character. He's got a great character arc, and yeah, I mean, he's basically the middle manager here at the beginning, and he's like, I don't want to have anything to do with you uncouth cowboy types. Uh, But yeah, that definitely changes uh, by the time we get to the end of the pilot. So uh, cut to a restaurant. Uh, Briscoe and Socrates uh, sit down. And then the writer of that note sits down, and it's one uh, Lord Bowler who tells Briscoe he's the one going after the Bly gang and to step aside. Uh, Bowler then puts dynamite on the table and lights it up. He sort of uh, challenges uh, Briscoe. <laughs> um, and uh, it's kind of they're, they're kind of like playing chicken with the yes, dynamite. Who's going to leave? Yes, first? which is great. Like super over the top and pulpy. I love it. Great idea. Uh, Briscoe is completely unfazed and <laughs> orders food. The waiter comes up and he's like uh, scared to death. And um, he's like, what do you recommend? And the waiter's like, the, the minute steak, <laughs> which uh, is just like <laughs> just the perfect amount of cheese right there. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so now there is a uh, um, commercial break. And then we come back and it's chapter two. And it's called Scarred Feet Turn Up the Heat. Uh, and that uh, we figure out what that means a little bit later. Uh, the dynamite fuse continues to burn, Bowler, but Bowler eventually gives in and cuts off the fuse. Again, it's uh, a great sort of show of a Briscoe and how he's Mr. Cool under pressure. Uh, they then um, right. fight, and uh, Briscoe wins, and the cops come and lock him up. Um, and uh, I don't, do you, I mean. Of course, like Briscoe is the lead, and everything is going to work out for him. Like I almost wish that maybe he wouldn't have won so easy, you know, in their fight. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, it. it I I agree. Like it, it was, it's kind of anticlimactic mm-hmm. in that way, and it almost makes you think that you're not going to see uh, the Lord. What's the Bo- name? Lord Bolly. Uh, <laughs> that can't. Bowler, thank you. Like, like you're not going to see that character again because he was kind of like just kind of like disposed of so quickly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, with I you. mean, I think it would have been better if he, uh, if they could have had him like maybe use his brain or cheat or something. Because to me, Lord Bowler is like the muscle. He's the brawler. Like he probably would win in a one-on-one. But right. whatever, we don't need to dwell on it. So, cut to uh, the mine. Um, the owner of the mines, Mister Thorogood. Uh, he was actually in the uh, the room with Briscoe when he was being hired. Uh, and a government agent are arguing over the weird orb from the beginning. Uh, the agent says it needs to be packed up and taken away for study. Uh, and uh, this is the start of many sort of jokes about the future um, that's about to happen. They originally call it mm-hmm. a, uh, dang it, what do they call it? An unearthed. Uh, found objects and the guy who has to write it on like the um the box that they're transporting in he's like that's a mouthful i'm just gonna write ufo on the box <laughs> yeah so yeah funny. yeah i mean that's just little uh, little things like that just make this mm, yeah, so yeah. worth watching so cut to the courthouse <laughs> terry funk is somewhere in there uh briscoe gets his case thrown out by using his uh, lawyer skills and this is sort of a I don't know, I'd say it's almost kind of a classic sort of action comedy trope. Um, immediately, mm-hmm. Lord Bowler was like, hey, I'm not with this guy. And then Briscoe starts arguing his case. He gets it thrown out. But, oh, old Bowler, he gets 60 days. Okay. I think it's because the judge was racist. But, you know, 
Yeah, and, and and it's funny because just before that, like Bowler is like says like to the judge like I'm not with Briscoe, you know, mm-hmm. like don't let me in with him. And then like as soon as like Briscoe kind of talks his way out of it, he's like, wait, I'm with yeah. him, you know, like the classic like. But he, and that doesn't like I, I know it probably just sounds kind of generic and dopey for somebody who's has him watching just is hearing about this, but Bowler is like so like over the top like he just mm-hmm. like really like dives into his character oh, yeah. and like he makes it fun so it really does work even though it's kind of like a lame and old yeah joke. but this is like uh i mean as we said before, it's like a, a mashup of like pulp and genres and it just it all works i think uh yeah. spoiler alert anyway um bly wait what happens here okay cut to bly's lair they are planning to rob a train um later it's discovered it's the um the one that has the orb on it that's being transferred. Uh, a guy comes from San Francisco to tell Bly that the robber barons hired Briscoe County Jr. Uh, to track him down. Uh, Bly tells him to leave. Oh, he like thanks him. He's all very, very cordial in the slithery Billy Drago way. Mm-hmm. And he's like, make sure you stay to the left. And then the guy walks off frame and all of a sudden you hear him scream and then a bunch of like snake noises. So apparently yeah, they have, yeah. a- I couldn't tell if it was snakes or he fell in the water yeah, or something, like- but cause he was like, make sure to stay to the left cause it's dangerous. And then he goes, Oh wait. Or is it the right? And they all laugh and like the classic sort of, uh, you know, bad guy bad henchman. Guys. Yeah. And it's, I just like, yeah, I just think yeah. it's hilarious that the Bly gang has a snake pit in their, <laughs> in their lair. <laughs> yeah. uh, just uh, hilarious pulp sensibilities right there. Uh, so now we're back with Briscoe and Socrates. Uh, they are planning their next move. Briscoe says they should go talk to the painter of the rock. Then there's a knock at the door. Briscoe opens it to reveal three Asian dudes. And of course, since this is the 90s, he goes, Hey, fellas, I'm sorry. I didn't order Chinese. And then, of course, they attack him with uh, Kung Fu or martial arts. He, uh, he grabs one of their feet and looks at it. And it's scarred. So this is the scarred foot gang, which I forgot to mention in the previous scene. Uh, Bly says to send the Scarred Foot Gang after uh, Bri- Briscoe and Socrates. So, um, like, Briscoe is holding his own pretty well against three Kung Fu guys, but still, um, he and uh, Socrates get kicked out of a window, and he's uh, holding b- on the edge while Socrates holds on to his waist. Um, and then below them, is a uh, um, what do they call it? Like a horse cart, just filled with like rusty mm-hmm. farm equipment, like pitchforks and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, so In, instead of like, like like you were talking about how they like take a trope and like flip mm-hmm. it on its head. So like normally you'd, it'd be like hay or something soft for them to like land mm-hmm. on would be the trope, you know. But now it's just like every sharp farm instrument uh, that was around. Right, them. and then they also um, um, they throw in another sort of uh, way you think it's gonna go. Like Briscoe is telling Socrates to like get his gun to to shoot like the um, the member of the Scarred Foot Clan who's above him trying to stomp on his uh, his fingers, and of course uh, Socrates can't do it because he's a uh, I mean you know that's just not his thing, and uh, the guy stomps on his uh, hand they fall, and uh, then the cart moves forward to. Just like Yelson, mm-hmm. reveal a cart full of hay that they fall into. Uh, yeah. And before that happens, we actually get a chapter three. It says, Hot Flames, Two Dames, and Loose Reins. Uh, so, Ow. yeah. <laughs> uh, before uh, you continue, I do want to 
put out, and maybe we should have mentioned this earlier, uh, Two Real Geeks asked where we can find the show where it can be watched since he says after listening to us talk about it, it sounds good. Uh, you can watch this for free on Tubi. Mm-hmm. Yep. T-U-B-I is the name of the Oh, end, yeah. So. Tubi's awesome. Uh, a lot of good stuff on there. Um, some really bad early Briscoe or Briscoe Bruce films too are on there. Um, yeah. So yeah, they, uh, Bruce, then he, I guess he grabbed a medallion from one of the guys while they were fighting. And, um, then, uh, Bruce sort of, um, parts ways with Socrates. He's like, uh, I'm heading to Chinatown. I'm going to find out what this medallion means. <laughs> he then, um, he then goes <laughs> to this uh, antique store, um, where a clerk is, and as soon as the clerk looks at the medallion, he, he kicks out a briscoe. Oh, after asking for money or, or asking yeah, for him yeah. to buy something. And their whole exchange was, I don't know, so funny. Yeah, it's yeah. Really funny. The, sh- the shop owner says like, uh, wait, 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 don't, don't you want to, uh, buy something so you don't feel guilty? Like you, so you don't feel any guilt from like, you don't feel like you're using me and feel guilty, right, you know, right. about it. And he's like, oh, fine, you know, I'll buy how much for that. And he says 20 yeah, bucks, which is a lot of money like, back then. It, yeah. It's, it, this is like the 1800s, right? Uh, so it's a lot of money. Or 1790, right? I think is actually yeah. what it is. So something 1890, like that. Yeah. So it was just like, re- yeah, it was like a ridiculous amount. 1890, thank you. And I think part of it is like, so this is very much like, it's a Western, but at the same time, the characters have like a lot of like 90s sensibilities. Sure. absolutely. And uh, attitudes about stuff. So it's, it's really cool how they somehow blend it though in a way that like, Well, works. the genius thing here works. is that that could have just been a regular scene where he just comes in. He's like, hey, you got any information about the Scarred Foot Clan? And then the other guy could just be like, well, how much is it worth to you? Like they went out of their way to like create like this fresh like exchange that you really haven't seen mm-hmm. in other places, like, and really just sort of use the environment to their, uh, their ability, uh, best ability. But, uh, anyway, so the guy kicks him out and then, but Briscoe, he's like, I want my, uh, my money back. He taps on the window. <laughs> like there's a, a sign that says open the, uh, the clerk s- turns it over and then it just says, shut, <laughs> shut. <laughs> what, like, who thinks of that? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. It was such like a. It, it, when I saw it, it reminded me of like an Arrested Development. Yeah, it really was. It really was. But yeah, it was great. It was but that stuff. wasn't enough for Briscoe. He takes his, uh, I guess, a switchblade. Who knew they even had him back then? And sort of uh, picks the lock of the door, goes in. Uh, the clerk is nowhere to be found. So Briscoe goes uh, behind the, um, the uh, you know, the the counter basically. Yeah, he's looking for evidence or something, and there's a bell there, and it says, ring bell only once. So, of course, he rings it twice, and a trap door opens up, and he falls Mm -hmm. into this, uh, like, another sort of underground lair or underground tunnel. And uh, as he progresses through, uh, we see that this is basically the underground lair of the Scarred Foot Clan, and, like, dudes are in there. Um, practicing their kung fu on um, hot coals, which is why they all have scarred yeah, feet. Like, I mean, that's just brilliant world building. And now we've gone from yeah. like a western, and now we're in a kung fu movie. Like, it's so brilliant. Yeah. I love it. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And again, it all kind of works. None of, none of it ever feels jarring. Nope. No. Or like, yeah, weird. it all fits in this perfect, perfectly pulp world. Uh, so the, uh, leader, uh, or one of the dudes in the, uh, Scarred Foot Clan is like, uh, no, no, actually it's the leader. Yeah. He says, um, 
oh, you're going to make a great fodder for like one of my trainees, basically. He's like, uh, so we're going to force you to fight. So they um, push him over to the, again, this is kind of like a, almost a classic sort of action movie kind of trope, especially in the martial arts mm -hmm. genre. And you think you're about to see a cool fight between uh, Briscoe and uh, one of the Scarred Foot Clan. But then the, uh, the leader of the Scarred Foot Clan finds his gun, uh, which, of course, previously belonged to Briscoe's dad. And he's just like, where did you get this? And it's like, oh, it belonged to my father. And then uh, basically it's revealed that uh, there was a previous relationship between the Scarred Foot Clan and Briscoe County Sr. Um, and the, the guy's name is Lee, the leader. Uh, he tells... Um, Basically, he ends up telling. Uh, they talk about how the uh, the orb freed, uh, you know, some of the uh, the Chinese workers, and uh, mm -hmm. blah blah blah. He basically tells uh, Briscoe to go look up Dixie Cousins, who is the girlfriend of Big Smith, who is like the right hand man of uh, John Bly. Right, the man who uh, whose gang killed Briscoe Jr. Exactly. Dad. Yeah. So um, so basically, uh, we're back with Briscoe and Socrates. Um, they are at, uh, I mean, I, I put it as a speakeasy, but it's basically a bar type place where they also have like a, a stage. Um, Briscoe tells him that he's looking for <laughs> Dixie cousins, which is a hilarious name. Um, and Socrates says, ha, huh, it's a huge city. You'll never find her. And of course on cue, the curtains open up and, uh, Dixie cousins comes out and performs a Jessica rabbit style, like sexy song for all the men in the audience. Um, and, uh, while that's yeah. going on, uh, some other, uh, cow pokes are messing around with a blonde woman and she fights them off, <laughs> punches them right in the face and accidentally punches Briscoe. She ends up uh, being the daughter of professor Albert McGuire. Her name is Amanda. Um, and like, they basically, you know, uh, chat a bit and then, uh, Socrates, uh, Albert Wickwire. Not oh, MacGyver. I said McGuire. Yeah, Wickwire. Yeah, <laughs> McGuire, you're right. Yeah, I, yeah I, I had a hard time understanding him when he said his last name. But uh, yes, thank you for the correction. Yeah, Professor Wickwire. No so problem. he, uh, they send uh, Socrates then hoots and hollers uh, about Dixie. Uh, Briscoe then um, follows Dixie away from the um, from the concert hall or whatever you want to call it. Uh, gets in the stagecoach uh, with her after stealing a, a ticket. And um, Briscoe then tells Socrates that he has to feed Comet a nice shiny green apple while he's gone. Um, and, uh, and he goes and actually does this where um, he goes, to f but he only brings a red apple. Of course, like Comet doesn't like that. And then out of nowhere, Comet starts talking to, so <laughs> to Socrates, <laughs> yeah. which is so dumb, but it's like hilarious. It's like you, you ask yourself, it's like, how far are they really going to like push the uh, boundaries of reality here in Briscoe County right, Jr.? Right. And then it really just uh, uh, ends up being Lord Bowler. <laughs> be a talking horse. Yeah, Lord Bowler was like down in the, um, I don't know what you call it, like the, the yeah, stable, yeah, yeah, the stall yeah. that um, Comet is in, but he, he's like out of camera view and out of view of what's his face, but his, at first I was like kind of thinking, Steve, I'm like, are they really going to have Comet right. talk? And then like after like, uh, maybe like a couple sentences, you're like, oh, wait a minute, this sounds like Lord yeah. Bowler, you know, and you know, like he's somewhere around, but. Uh, right, right, yeah, pretty, pretty hilarious, just like, ah. Uh, I just love how they play with all the tropes and conventions and stuff. 
So uh, he says he's looking for Briscoe, and of course, Socrates is like, I think he tells him he doesn't know or isn't going to tell him. So, and Socrates figures out that it's Bolo. Yes. Like, he knows the whole yes, time. Yes, yes. And so now he they're having a regular conversation, and Socrates says, uh, he doesn't know, why don't you ask Comet? And, Br- and uh, Bowler's like, hmm. And then uh, basically they cut to uh, Dixie and Briscoe. They are on the stagecoach, and they're uh, chatting um, Briscoe gives her a fake name and says that he's uh, selling like, grooming equipment like uh, for uh, animals and stuff. Meanwhile, Pete and the gang wait for the stagecoach. The stagecoach drivers get drunk <laughs> just out of nowhere. They just get drunk and fall off the stagecoach. Uh, they're, I yeah. think they... As yeah, sure. Why not? I, I can believe it. It's the Wild West, right? Everyone's drunk. Um so now we're uh, treated to chapter four called Lowdown Showdown. Uh, Briscoe tells Dixie this elaborate plan for uh, how he's going to stop the stagecoach. Uh, and then he goes, or we could just jump. So they open the door and jump right out of the stagecoach, uh, which is yeah, really funny. Yeah. Uh, Briscoe then lands in a comical fashion on top of Dixie, right in front of the Bly gang and Big Pete, uh, Dixie's boyfriend. After some introductions, uh, Smith, Big Smith tells Pete to shoot him. Briscoe tells them that he's actually not a, uh, a salesman or whatever, that he's an outlaw named Kansas Wally Stafford. And then one of the thugs, at, they, of course they don't believe him, and one of the thugs goes, Oh yeah? Well, where are you from? <laughs> Briscoe goes, uh... Kansas. <laughs> well, 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 well. He named like a real outlaw was the problem. Like the name Briscoe mm-hmm. says, because one of the uh, the 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 people in the Bly gang like is like, oh God, it's it's you. And uh, uh, you know, I I was there when you killed whatever five people at some saloon right. or yada yada mm-hmm. yada. And then, uh, but then the rest of the gang do- doesn't believe that it's right. him. You know, it's too convenient. Mm-hmm. So it is a real person. <laughs> That he's like referring to himself. Right, as. right. Uh, so they decide not to shoot him. Uh, also, Dixie was um, saying, oh, he, uh, you know, Briscoe saved her. Please don't shoot him, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, I mean, they're already sort of planting the seeds of a future romance. Sure. Uh, romance. Yes. So they go to this small town by the name of Southern Creek, which they say, like, I don't know, they already ran the mayor out and basically took over. As, as you do in the wet, Wild West. As you do. Uh, Big Smith buys uh, Briscoe a drink, and uh, Big Smith tells Briscoe that he was one of the many people who murdered his dad. Um, and um, But then still, of course, Briscoe keeps his cool, and uh, is just like, boy, I sure wouldn't want to run into this Briscoe guy. Uh, later, Briscoe sends a telegram to San Francisco. He then runs into Amanda, the professor's daughter, uh, and uh, the Bly gang then questions Briscoe. Then the professor drops something on Pete. And uh, then, <laughs> this was funny. Uh, then Pete says he's going to shoot Briscoe, pulls out his gun. But um, then, of course, Briscoe grabs the gun and turns it on him. And then everybody just freaks out and they go, You touched Pete's peace. Pace. Yeah, <laughs> pace. Yeah, and everyone's like, nobody touches. And they say, like, Pete's piece, like, ten right. times, like, between all the characters as they're talking about this. It was pretty funny. And, and you know, the, the kind of double entendre joke is that, like, you know, his piece is his piece. Sure, or sure, something. sure. Absolutely. Um, and so that sets up for your classic um, duel, um, your Western-style duel. 
Briscoe and Pete, uh, yeah, they stand opposite each other. And then there's uh, Intercut, or like the other members of the Black Gang, setting up like around uh, Briscoe. Uh, and you can see them like priming their guns, ready to shoot him down. Uh, we then get uh, mm-hmm. Chapter 5, Yell to Your Horse. Um, they, they then do the classic sort of spit take. Everybody spits out something while they're waiting for everyone to draw their guns. And Pete draws his gun. But uh, since this is Briscoe County Jr. and they're extra smart and like to do things different, Briscoe just hits the dirt and all the Bly members shoot each other. So yeah, this is the first time Pete dies in the Briscoe County Jr. Uh, series right here in the pilot. And uh, yeah, he definitely comes back for, for multiple episodes, um, which is hilarious. So yeah. And uh, yeah. So uh, any, any comments about that duel? No, no, it was uh, it was cool. They shot it like it's so funny because they shot it like an old so Western serious, wood, like an old Western so TV serious, show. yeah, super mm-hmm. serious. Lots of long shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the one the only part that was like not serious was when like everybody like involved in the duel, the four gang members and Briscoe, they each do like a spit take. And there's like a close up of like them all doing like spitting mm-hmm. out whatever chew or whatever right. it's supposed to be. But uh, yeah, it, it's it, it was like a straight up Western for a couple minutes there. <laughs> Yeah, but then they then they flipped it on its head as they do. Yeah. So uh, Dixie and Briscoe head to the bedroom, and uh, Briscoe. Tr- oh, oh, we should point out because uh, I think it's important mm-hmm. later, uh, and I don't think you mentioned it that at this point, uh, right after the duel, uh, Professor Wickwire he had watched the whole thing, and he has a conversation with Briscoe, and he's like, "Oh, how did you do that? Did you measure? They calculate the angle of this and that?" And he's like, "Uh, no, I just kind of." hit the ground and close my right, eyes right yeah <laughs> but, that's a good line uh, but this is kind of important because it ins- it, it kind of establishes that Wickwire has like this uh he's drawn to yes Risco he's very impressed he's a smart by guy Dixo. D- Dixo. Yeah. <laughs> briscoe <laughs> well, a little freudian slip there. I, mean, you know I was just briscoe thinking County? about pete's piece uh, you know <laughs> oh i think you might have been thinking about uh bruce's piece <laughs> oh now you just made it real okay uh anyway uh <laughs> Dixie and Briscoe head to the bedroom. Uh, Briscoe tries to get info from her. Um, and then she tells him about the plan to rob the train. And uh, then she takes off uh, Briscoe's gun, which is, again, sort of like, a, I don't know, an indicator that uh, they're about to have sex. And then they totally have sex. Where, uh, you know, in the sort of... Full penetration on network TV. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, they have it in the most sort of uh, PG, like off screen. I mean, PG it's just that family friendly. It's just that he did. I mean, usually, you know, the pulp heroes of like the 40s and 50s, I guess, were just like, like, ah, I'm not gonna lay down with a dame like you. <laughs> but uh, right, but he does. Yeah, it yeah. Even though the whole time he's also kind of into the uh, other girl. I can't remember. Right. Her name. Well. Again, bar. it's all very Indiana Jones. I mean, Indy had sex with that Nazi girl in the third movie. So, I mean, yeah. what can you do? Uh, so, yeah. uh, Briscoe then uh, sneaks off after uh, after their uh, their sexual encounter. And I have to say... The, their, their sexual encounter. Yeah, yeah. And, but sad. the lighting like on, uh, on Dixie and in the room in general is just so noir. It's like they've got the... Uh, they even, you know, the uh, Venetian blinds like shining on the moonlight shining on her. Like it's just, it's so detective noir, but it it works. It's it's just, I mean, it's fun as you say that. Uh, two real geeks said, "Why did you make him sound like a mobster?" 
that I make everyone sound like a mobster eventually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually Bubba uh, from Team 3D is who everybody sounds <laughs> What are like you talking about, you hell? All right. It's a, that's a deep cut. Uh, Steve and I uh, went to uh, the Dudley Boys Professional Wrestling School just to explain that. Yeah. <laughs> we know Bubba very well. Yeah, yeah. He's the most hated man in wrestling right now, I think. Um, but uh, anyway. Yeah. So uh, Briscoe then checks out the railroad. He puts his ear to it and says, hmm, someone is definitely working on the railroad. Uh, he then sees uh, Big Smith telling some workers to do something. Uh, Briscoe then accidentally wakes up a guard, uh, but then jumps on his horse, and then there's a, uh, a big chase that ensues. Uh, Briscoe mm -hmm. rides back to the stalls where the professor's daughter, Amanda, is waiting and does the classic sort of, uh, I, I mean, I've seen James Bond pull this one. He's like, quick, make out with me so they won't know that I'm, you know, that they were chasing right, me. Right. And they totally fall for it. Uh, the professor then shows up. I love how the professor just doesn't care. It's like, ah, do you want my daughter, Briscoe? Just have her. Go ahead. <laughs> Profe <laughs> the professor shows up. It takes Briscoe to his lab um, then shows him that he's been working on a rocket this whole time. And uh, they have a... It looks cool, man. Like like the way they made it, like it's, it looks... Uh almost like steampunk oh yeah absolutely yeah this yeah. um really cool yeah briscoe definitely takes uh, a lot of cues from uh, the wild wild west not the will smith movie but the mm -hmm. uh, the 60s show which i actually loved so when briscoe came around i was already primed and ready for it um but um yeah i bet you were primed oh, and ready you... <laughs> The moment you saw bruce campbell's name oh no wait that's how you heard of him never mind right uh so uh yeah, um, and then they have like a pretty cool back and forth talking uh, sciencey stuff to you know just and it just further shows that you know Briscoe. Yeah, and, and it's Wickwire and Briscoe that are having the the back and forth. Right, there's no time. Them. You know, there's no place for Amanda to come in there and have science talk. She's yeah. busy making a cake. And <laughs> yeah, and it's really cool the way they did it because it's like Wickwire is saying like, yeah, I'm doing this, and I'm thinking of doing adding this uh, to the rocket to help fix this problem, and then Briscoe's like, yeah. That'll do that, but what if you did? But if you did this other thing, it would like help with this thing and blah. blah. I, I, it like, I don't know. It, it seemed very realistic. Where a lot of times, like when on shows that have like techno babble kind of stuff, it can just not seem like a real conversation. Oh yeah, we experienced know? a lot of that during our uh, VR days, <laughs> our VR yeah, episodes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah it all sounded very natural and flow. accurate. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Um, Big Smith, or next day at the bar, Big Smith captures Lord Bowler um, to point out Briscoe. Uh, he doesn't, which is really cool because it just shows that, you know, he's trustworthy and that they're eventually going to become friends and partners. <laughs> but then they bring out Comet. <laughs> and this time they have <laughs> the green apple. And, and he goes right up to Briscoe. So Briscoe got turned in by his horse. Ooh, that's got a sting. Yeah. Uh, the, for an apple. Yeah, for a green apple. Uh, the Bly gang then ties up Briscoe and Bowler on the railroad tracks, which is a classic sort of Western uh, trope. Mm -hmm. um, then we see uh, chapter six, spur of the moment. Great pun. Uh, yeah. They try to get Common to chew through the ropes. And again, that's the first choice. Instead... He uses his hooves to break the ropes that way. Um, yeah, which is hard to explain. Like, uh, I don't even know how you get a horse to do this, but like, there was like a rope that was kind of like tying because so their their arms are tied, mm -hmm. 
but then they're also tied to the track. Well, they're yeah, they're and, tied uh, by their torsos also. Um, yeah, to mm. the track, uh, and then like Comet starts like stomping on the rope that's against the yes. track with his metal. Yeah, yeah. it makes shoot, sense when you shoot. see it. It actually does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really does, and it shows you how like smart uh, Comet. Right, is, right, like, for sure. Um, Briscoe, uh, I mean, he moves Bowler out of the way, but leaves him tied up. Um, I guess, uh, their, their whole conversation is really funny mm -hmm. too. While like Bowler and like Briscoe are tied up, like, especially like while, when Briscoe says, oh, maybe we can get Comet to bite the horse. Like Bowler's actually then calling Comet over to try to get him to like bite, bite his, uh, off. Yeah. Instead. It reminded and, uh, me a lot of when, uh, when Indy and his dad were tied up in the last crusade. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah same yeah, sort yeah. of thing. So, uh, so yeah, Comet breaks Briscoe's ropes. Briscoe then grabs Bowler and sort of pushes him to the side, but doesn't untie him. He's just like, I got to go. Just get some off the Yeah, tracks. yeah, exactly. And he's like, but the train is that way. And um, so Briscoe is riding back to the professor's yeah. place to get on that rocket. And he, uh, yep. <laughs> is this like the greatest, uh, I don't know, sort of a euphemism for like, I don't know, just riding a giant rocket. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like Briscoe has just the biggest cock in all of the wild west. Like, cause yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Like, and what's crazy. So I was reading up on, uh, the production of, of this episode and that, that they built that like thing. And so basically, the rocket, I would say, is probably like maybe like ten feet long, maybe 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 a little mm -hmm. bit longer, and it's like this big metallic cylinder, and it's shooting flames out the back, and they've got it like on a some kind of wooden platform that's uh, and it's on the tracks. So now he's riding the rocket down the tracks, mm -hmm. but they like built the the thing that's riding on the tracks is a real thing. This wasn't like a special effect mm -hmm. thing or anything. It has like a combustion wow. engine. They like, built it just for this. And yeah, and in a lot of the shots, you can see like it's legitimately Bruce Campbell, oh, yeah. like riding it on a lot of the mm -hmm. shots. And there's no green screen or anything. Like it, it was a legit thing they built, and it's nuts. yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, so, so yeah, he catches up to the train. Um, and uh, I mean, in this this was a little convenient. Like he's like, oh no, I can't stop. And then the rocket, yeah, he's like, I've got no. Yeah, breaks. and then the rocket fizzles out right when he gets there which allows him to then lasso his way onto it. Uh, you know, a little convenient, but I'm going with it. At this point, you know, the, yeah, the yeah, movie yeah. completely wins I you mean, over. The man, the man just rode a rocket on a train track to catch up with a train. I mean, I think we yeah. can. <laughs> exactly. We can let it, it running out of fuel slide, uh, regardless of how convenient the timing is. Absolutely. Um, so then Briscoe and Big Smith uh, have a fight. Briscoe, again, like, I feel like the fight was a little short, but, I mean, they're really packing a lot into this pilot, so I'll forgive it. Anyway, yeah. he throws the orb at Big Smith, and the orb uh, knocks Big Smith out of the train along with the, um, the orb into, like, this uh, gorge that has, like, a lake in it. Um, and now we're at uh, Chapter 7, uh, Grave Peril. Uh, the train then uh, jumps the track, but eventually comes to a halt. Did you notice all the uh, like the miniatures they used? The miniatures, yeah, I yeah, loved it. Yeah, they're pretty. Oh good yeah, miniatures. it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we. Oh, I'm sorry, Steve. One thing, I, what a coincidence. I was just about to talk about this. The train. Uh, so two real geeks just put in the chat. Such a Back to the Future three moment mm -hmm. there. And what I was actually literally about to say as he wrote that, he or she wrote that, was that. The train used in this um, in Briscoe County Junior is the train from Back to the Future Three. It's literally the same. Wow! Train. I never knew that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
This is definitely, I have in like my notes at the end here that Bristol County Jr. is a mix of the Wild Wild West, um, Indiana Jones, and even Back to the Future 3. Like, I think that pretty much... Yeah, there's like there's some like sci-fi elements and stuff. And then and when they're hanging out with the Scarred Foot Clan, it reminds me of Big Trouble in Little China. But uh, anyway. It almost reminds me of, of Firefly, but like in the actual... Right, list. right, gotcha. Yeah, that works. <laughs> So, uh, all right, we get a shot of the orb. Like, apparently it floats. I remember the first time I saw it floating, I was like, huh, that's weird. But again, it's like this, it's a UFO. It can do whatever it wants. So, Briscoe mm. goes to talk to uh, Mr. Thorogood, uh, the owner of the train um, track. And he asks him when he went into business with one John Bly. And basically, dun, dun, he dun. says he wanted the orb, but then the the government took it. So he, um, you know, he paid for the Bly gang to uh, to rob it. He asks what's so important about the orb. Thorogood says that it gave the miners uh, who took it, you know, the strength of ten men. And he knows because he tried it himself. He then punches Briscoe in the face and basically uh, throws him around the office. Um, and basically what has happened is the orb has basically gave that the strength that it gave to the miners to, uh, I keep wanting to call him George Thurgood, but, uh, <laughs> but it's just Thurgood. Um, so they, um, they fight for a bit and then, and this is also kind of another, a bit of a disappointment, uh, out of just nowhere at convenience, it sort of just turns, uh, Mr. Thurgood to dust last crusade style. Um, yeah. like, which kind of goes um, back to, I think it was Briscoe that said it that like, or maybe, was it in this thing where he's like, oh, you don't know what you're messing with with this yes, power he or does whatever. say that. He does. Um, yeah. I don't know. I wish, I mean, it's good that he said that, but um, he, they could have been like, I don't know. Maybe they reveal more information in later episodes. Again, it's not yeah. like a, Cause I, a, a complete down or anything. But again, I wish Briscoe would have been the cause of Thoroughgood's demise instead of just sort of by accident. You know, you know what I'm saying? Well, I, 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 so I think the reason why the fight scenes are short, why Briscoe wasn't the cause of his demise, um, is the same reason why Briscoe doesn't actually even shoot his gun in this episode is that the producers wanted the show to be like family friendly. Okay. Um, so like they wanted to keep the violence to a minimum and also kind of make it cartoonish. Sure. I can see um, that. So, and they also wanted to establish that Briscoe, you know, is he'd rather think his way out of a situation. That's why they didn't have him use. Right. His gun, and I, I definitely uh, got that, episode. uh, for sure. Uh, I yeah. mean, I just, again, like, I mean, he didn't have to, like, uh, I just wish he would have been the cause, whether he yeah. thought his way or used violence or whatever. Right, right. Yeah. Now, I get it. I get it. Now, the special effect that they did when uh, George Thorogood <laughs> turned to dust. Uh, two Real Geeks has said, does that make him bad to the bone? Then? Uh, <laughs> it, it did indeed. Uh, like, the special effect of him withering away and then, like, was really well done, I thought, especially for 1993 mm -hmm. TV. Uh, cool kind of morphing effect. And... Uh, it looked like they morphed him into like a practical kind of, uh, I don't know, like a desiccated, dried out. Human oh yeah, body. I mean, it was straight out of thing. Last Crusade. It was, uh, it was great. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just yeah. like you know the, I think it was Bohm, like that writer. He's just like, well, I'm gonna take all the stuff that worked in Last Crusade and just weave it into this show. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, basically, uh, Briscoe is victorious. Um, Briscoe and then Socrates. Um, have a few words and they basically become better friends it's actually a pretty pretty funny exchange uh socrates is like i'm even thinking about dropping my g's 
what do you think about that brisk <laughs> and uh yeah yeah yeah, and yeah it's, he's like i'll be i'll be catching you later brisk, yeah, brisk or as, something like that he's like that's another thing i'm thinking of doing giving people what, what do you say about the nickname yeah like shortened nicknames or something like that yeah shortening nicknames. yeah yeah uh, so yeah, they have a really funny, fun dynamic that continues yeah. throughout the series. Uh, but it's cool because like Socrates, like I assume from the beginning and the way he's introduced to us, and I bet it's to make the audience f- think this too. It's um, you know that he's just going to be a boring stick in the mud sure. with no personality. Uh, you're never going to hear him cracking jokes. He's your generic, studious nerd right. kind right, of character right, right. by the book guy. But but no, instead he's like making kind of making fun of him at, at himself and like. You know, making his own joke. Like you can see, the guy got some personality, and I also really like that they didn't just have Briscoe and this guy just continue to be like, again, your typical adversary. Adversary. Oh yeah, that would have gotten guys. old really fast. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, so then we get a somewhat heartfelt moment at the end when Briscoe goes to his dad's grave. Uh, he says he's uh, sorry he missed the funeral and a lot of other stuff. Um, and he says he's going to finish the job that his dad started. And then he rides off into the sunset. And uh, is there a, And that's basically the pilot for Briscoe County Jr. Is there anything else uh, you wanted to add before we answered the question you held? Yeah, sorry, Steve. I just spilled water all, <laughs> I just spilled water all over myself trying to take a drink. Uh, uh, so you got a hole in your um, lip there, you hell? <laughs> uh no, I don't think there's much to add to it. Um, the couple of extra tidbits I had from production stuff, um, I already kind of mentioned. Um, like I said earlier, it was canceled after one season. There's 27 episodes. Mm-hmm. Again, you can watch them on Tubi. Um, the uh, ratings were initially really good for the first uh, couple of episodes. Uh, even they re-aired the, the pilot uh, like a few days after it first aired, and it still got really good ratings the second time they aired it. So it started off like really good, and uh, like there were Fox executives saying in interviews that uh, Bruce Campbell was going to be the next big like TV. So like they thought Fox thought this was going to be their big mm-hmm. hit that year, and instead it ended up being X Files, right. which aired right after Briscoe County Jr. And they thought Briscoe County would bring viewers to the X Files, wow. which, anyways, after a few episodes, ratings started to decline, and they were pretty bad. And by the end of the year of the season, it was their lowest rated oh, show. It's so sad. Um, Human so beings Fox, are the worst. And from what I was reading, uh, according to the producers, even then with those low ratings, Fox executives were still only like they were still like on the fence about whether or not to cancel it uh, because they believed in the show. And they thought like if it got a second season that it could it could gather mm-hmm. that audience, you know, through word of mouth and this and that. But ultimately, they ended up not renewing it. Um, and uh, yeah. I guess I did have a lot more to say, Steve. I, I guess, think uh, I I'm a liar. I think for a while um, it ran in syndication on TNT, yep, if I remember TNT. correctly. Yeah, yep. like I can't believe that wasn't enough to like bring it back yeah. from the dead. But oh well, maybe there's an alternate yeah. universe. You know, since multiverses are all the rage these days, where Bruce Campbell or where Briscoe County Jr. survived and the X Files got canceled <laughs> in one season. Well. Two Real Geeks put it out here. He said that he could see Fox picking this up or even trying to reboot it at some point. Yeah, I, I don't know who owns the rights to it, but uh, I could see this g- getting a reboot and being more successful now if you if you cast it correctly. Sure, yeah. There's actually a... Um, when I was collecting the art uh, for this, someone made like a fake uh, advertisement with like 
old, like, well, I should say current day Bruce Campbell, like playing like an older uh, Briscoe County. And it's called like, I don't know, Briscoe County Junior, the the later years or something like that. It's pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool. I don't know, meme or fake yeah. advertisement or whatever you yeah. want to call it. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this puppy up. So, Yehel Velasquez County Jr. Do you think that uh, the adventures of Briscoe County Jr. should be uh, remembered for all of human history, or tossed in the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Uh, yeah, I think my answer is going to be obvious. Both of our answers, we've been praising the show the mm-hmm. whole time. I say yes, definitely should be remembered. Uh, it's fun. It holds up well. Great production values. Um, doesn't feel dated at nope. all. Um, outside of it being like in 4-3 aspect right. ratio, I guess. But you know what? Maybe you're a mongrel that'll uh, just stretch it out to widescreen because uh, <laughs> you need that. And uh, It would look so bad. God, it would be so distorted. Yeah. Uh, no, I... I Oh, I agree with you uh, 100%. I I can't believe how well this held up. I mean, I I didn't think I was going to, you know, toss it in the black hole or anything, but I just, I enjoyed it so much uh, watching it again. And uh, I mean, I feel sorry for everyone involved that it didn't didn't become bigger than it was. And and yeah, Yeah. there's definitely gold in them there briscoe county hills i'd say to to for to be rebooted or even just like a movie Uh, yeah funny enough two real geeks put in the chat or even a movie oh nice see (laughs) we're on the uh, same uh, that's uh danny um i just did an episode of uh him for a theme park legends uh, and his episode will be uh, coming up soon and um yeah he's a really cool and i'm gonna be going on his podcast to talk about this and of course the uh the comic book but yeah but before we get to that let me run the uh remembered bumper here we go in accordance to obscure to now the most important streaming youtube podcast in all of the internet you shall be remembered yes good show good good show So uh, one other thing I did want to mention that I read while doing my research, uh, there was an interview with Bruce Campbell where he said that Briscoe County Jr. was his favorite role that he's ever. I've heard that. Yeah. Wow. Even better than. Well, Ash is such an asshole. So, uh, yeah, I could see that. (laughs) He he said that it was his favorite role, uh, that it was uh, his toughest year uh, in terms of like uh, work. Mm. Uh, I think he meant like physically tough, but also his favorite year ever. As yeah, if you read his uh, autobiography, which is a really fun read, um, he says that uh, he and uh, Comet did not get along, <laughs> actually, he and the horse, <laughs> and he kept like falling off of him and stuff, uh, just like uh, fun stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, man. Um, so uh, yeah, anything else to talk about before we call it quits here? No, nothing, nothing for me to plug quite mm-hmm. yet. I'll have new videos out soon. What about you? Uh, well, of course, uh, well, since it's almost April, it'll be exactly one month um, before the comic book Escape to Earth goes live. Uh, I know we're already running long here, but I assume since this is Bruce Campbell that we're hopefully going to get a lot of views. So I'm just going to go ahead and run the Escape to Earth trailer right now. I'm having a weird, weird day. The name's Adam. Where I'm from, 
I'm known as the Zero Thief. Depending on who you ask, some might say I'm the best thief. But believe it or not, even the best screws up every once in a while. And that's what I did, and I had to make a fast getaway. I ended up crash landing on this bizarre planet. Turns out, I didn't get away fast enough. These winged freaks followed me here. It's just us here, Zero Thief, on this empty backwards planet. So start talking, either to me or my blade. Okay, okay, I do have something to tell you. It's about the planet. It's not that empty. Come on, man, I thought you were gonna die. Cut me loose, cut me loose, behind you. Whoa! Thought I was done for. It was gonna be a light snack for a snarling creature, but then she showed up, riding on the back of one of those monsters like it was nothing. And with a wave of her hand, the other razor-toothed beast just stomped away. I'd never seen anyone like her before in my life. I thought I'd say something clever. Thanks, uh, have you seen my ship? She gave me a look that said more than words ever could, because I think she was trying to read my mind or something. And from there, things just got even weirder. Escape <laughs> 30 pages of insane dinosaur action that will leave you hungry for more. Issue 1, crowdfunding now. Written and created by Stephen Honeycutt. Arts by Antonio Brandao. Colors by Bruno Ferlani. Jump on now before the whole human race is extinct. Download the digital preview today. All right. And uh, yeah, it'll be, as I said... The crowdfunding campaign goes live uh, May 1st. Until then, if you want to be notified, uh, you can add your email on the pre-launch page. There will be a link in the description of this episode. Uh, so I think that's uh, going to do it for today. A there, Yehel County the third. <laughs> sounds delicious. All right. Uh, Thanks, everyone. I think we're ready to get out of here before I start quoting more lips of an angel. <laughs> hinder music <laughs> dude that's all it's like i can't believe you it's good that you don't remember because it got stuck in my head uh it's so I catchy just remember the name music. hinder it should have been hinderberg <laughs> that's what they should have called themselves oh my God. <laughs> all right let's, let's get out of here all right uh yeah thanks everyone in the live chat who showed up and uh i mean anyone who's experienced it via youtube or twitch or even podcast uh thanks for downloading and we'll see you next sunday as we continue to discuss even more obscure media only on obscurity now bye bye you've been enjoying obscurity now a podcast that's recorded live to tape and stream to twitch and youtube subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts and take notice of our various social media links if that's what you're into i'm not here to judge and make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscure, obscure Now. now.